Welcome to Watershed's December podcast. My name is Mark Cosgrove and I'm the head of programme here at Watershed. 3D or not 3D? That, increasingly, is the question. Whether it is nobler to watch a 2D film or suffer the slings and arrows of outrageous showmanship. I have to confess I was a sceptic, but over the past couple of years have been converted to 3D. This is because I've finally been watching some 3D films. Pre this, I was in the it's just a gimmick camp. This, after all, is what cinema did when television came along in the 50s. All sorts of gimmicks were introduced to make cinema unique and special. The screens got bigger, you had glorious vista vision, you even had smell-o-vision. And as part of this array of gimmicks, 3D was once more wheeled out in films such as The House of Wax. Remember Vincent Price batting that damn ball at you? I say wheeled out because way back in the late 1920s, 3D was being explored even then. The pioneering Lumiere brothers, they who set the whole cinema game into action in the late 1890s, early 1900s, not only took this newfangled technology out to film people and events, but showed the films back, thus creating the context of cinema. Well, the Lumiere's actually got round to experimenting with 3D, I was fortunate enough to see the films at a special screening at Il Cinema Ritrovati in Bologna in June, and they looked fantastic. But clearly it never caught on then, or in the 1950s, so why should it now? My take on it is that the technology is such that it can deliver an effective rendering of the 3D space that enhances not only the viewing experience, but also the creative possibilities for directors. Sure, there are still a lot of gimmicks, the old 3D coming at you panoply of tricks. But what has struck me most powerfully are the moments of stillness which create an intense cinematic space. For example, in James Cameron's Avatar, it was the shot at the very beginning where the depth of field was at its most extreme that was extraordinary. Also, when the group of rebels are locked up in the spaceship, the camera simply holds the shot on them and you can feel the intensity of the space 3D has created. These moments, and watching a promo for a natural history documentary on elephants in the Serengeti, alerted me to the rich possibilities of 3D, to such an extent that when film critic Mark Kermode was giving a talk at Watershed earlier in the year, I challenged him on his assumption that 3D was a fad. My case was then, and still is, that when the technology gets into the hands of directors such as David Lynch or Alexander Sakurov, its true potential will be realised. Imagine the room Bill Pullman wanders around in Lost Highway, the darkness that envelops him, rendered in 3D. Well, that day may well be getting closer, and the wager laid down by the good doctor that he would come down and eat his shoe at Watershed if we screened a 3D film by Lynch may come to pass. Over the past two months, I have seen 3D films by Werner Herzog and Wim Wenders, whilst Martin Scorsese is currently shooting a 3D film in London. The Herzog is a documentary about the cave paintings in the Ardèche region of France, dating back 10,000 years. You might not think this is rich pickings for 3D, but actually it's perfect. 3D renders the forms of the cave paintings on their bulging rock surfaces. In fact, you can see and feel why the painters chose those places to draw the animals. The forms of the cave create the form of the animals, 
and would be displayed to the viewers at the time to dramatic effect. Picasso would have loved them. Fender's film is about celebrated Philippine choreographer and dancer Pina Bosch. Unfortunately, Bosch died as filming started, but Venders has carried on in her memory and captures brilliantly the movements and recollections of her collaborators. Meanwhile, Scorsese is currently filming The Invention of Hugo Cabri, a book that is described as a cross between graphic novel and a flip book. In a recent interview with Mark Kermode, Scorsese said, Every shot is rethinking cinema, rethinking narrative. How to tell a story with a picture. Now, I'm not saying we have to keep throwing javelins at the camera. I'm not saying we use it as a gimmick, but it's liberating. It's literally a Rubik's Cube. Every time you go out to design a shot and work out a camera move or a crane move, but it has a beauty to it also. People look like moving statues. They move like sculpture, as if sculpture is moving in a way, like dancers. All of this suggests to me that technology is being used in interesting ways and throwing down challenges which interesting filmmakers with much more of an interest in cinema than as a bag of tricks are beginning to explore. So it is a time of evolution for cinema. As our Decalogue strand, which has been looking at what the future direction of cinema might be, or directions might be, reaches its finale, we will be exploring these issues with some industry insiders including Michael Gubbins, whose editorials in trade journal Screen International alerted the film community to the changes digital would bring. This will be followed by a 3D screening of Cameron's Avatar, which, exactly a year ago, announced a radical change in the way we'd be watching films. I also gather from Mark Kermode himself that he's searching the web for recipes for cooking shoes. Avatar 3D is screening on Sunday the 19th of December, preceded by a talk at 3pm. For information on the Decalogue strand, visit watershed.co.uk forward slash Decalogue. Have a good festive break and see you on the other side.